Welcome to the Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard will be in shortly. I'm Catherine Brandt. Ellie Nick. Doug Sprintall, I guess. <laughs> okay, well, I we thought just, maybe you'd want to. We yeah, usually we go really, this way. We, we go this direction <laughs> See, for the last I six years. I should have asked before I started. <laughs> oh, well. God. Andy Brandt Bernard. <laughs> Disaster. Cassie Schrader. And. Doug Sprintall. There we go. We'll be back right after this. Are we doing a live commercial with Doug Sprintall? Well, it's Bradshaw first. first. Okay, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Find the old machine. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. All right, now it's your turn. Yeah, let's talk about some (laughs) cool stuff at Walzer Automotive Group. I don't have the website in front of me, but if I was uh, suffering from a little summer blues, I would buy myself something groovy and drive around the lakes and whistle at, well, I'd whistle at dogs because I really like dogs. That's a good answer. Yeah, thank you. You better be careful. (laughs) I am on my final life. You don't need the Me Too movement. Literally? No, I don't know if I'd say that, Andy, but thanks. (laughs) That was good, Eddie. <laughs> so if you go to walzer.com and inventory, you can find the cool car section. There's 50 cars from both here in Kansas that there's stuff that's almost a million dollars. What? To stuff that's really super affordable. We have Ferraris and some high-end Porsches. A Ferrari's a million dollars? Yeah. Uh, there's a Porsche that's close to that. I doubt if I'll ever own that. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but the one that I saw that we talked about on the radio the other day was a... Uh, 01 uh, Chevy Corvette convertible, and mm-hmm. it's 22.9 red, uh, black interior, and it's got 14,000 miles on it. Jeez. You got a Z3, nice. a BMW Z3 for 10,000. Yeah, that's a nice car, too. I actually like that body style better than the Z4. The Z3 is the more roundy one. It's so, a good price, too. Yeah, there's a little bit of everything on there, and I it's, like that. Uh, it's really kind of cool. So. Not all of us uh, are in the position where we can afford cars like that, but some of us are, and it's a great place to shop. We put them all in one spot. So that's the pitch. Walzer.com. <laughs> what is this? Crazy train. Oh. Crazy train. Hi. I, got a... I lived a Monty Python skip before I came here. Oh, really? Yep. So there's a famous Monty Python skit where 
John Cleese works in a cheese shop, or he's the customer, I don't remember which, and he keeps naming cheese, and they say, oh, we don't have that over fresh out. They don't have this, and oh, it's really runny, and so on. Right. So finally he says, well, I'd like some cheddar. And he goes, we don't have any cheddar. What's the most popular cheese <laughs> in the world? Well, not around here. I went to Subway to get a tuna sub. No cheddar. For cheddar. No cheddar. Yeah, we don't carry that anymore. What? They don't carry cheddar. <laughs> not yeah, at all. Yeah, I know. You know what else they don't carry? They don't carry ketchup. They really? Subway does not have ketchup. Well, they don't have fries, do they? Do no, they have but they have other things. That you, like they have, they sell a cheesesteak. I like ketchup on my cheesesteak. Oh. If you're from Philly, you put ketchup on your cheesesteak. Oh, is that a thing? I've never. Oh yeah. No cheddar and no cheddar on your cheesesteak. And no ketchup. So. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So I don't know if this is worldwide or is, is just there a this cheddar particular shortage? cheddar yeah. shortage in Hopkins, Minnesota. But I, I just started laughing and the kids looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm reliving in my head a TV skit from 35 years I ago. I went to, or Tom and I went down to Raj, no, I don't know where we were. We were in some small town and he wanted to get a Dairy Queen. He loves their cones. Sure he does. He goes Can I just the, have a cone? Goes, I don't need any of the ice cream that goes with he it. He likes the cone, so he goes he's a, and he likes the chocolate one. And he, you know, so we we're in line in the car line for the drive-through forever, forever. We finally get up there, like a chocolate cone, please. We don't carry chocolate cones. We're like, what? This is Dairy Queen, right? Hmm. No, we don't have them. Like ever? No, we don't have them. And. That, and then she shut off the mic. Maybe she <laughs> wow. didn't speak English or something. No, she spoke English just fine. She just was, I don't know if they just ran out and had a million people yeah. asking for a chocolate cones gonna, and couldn't I'm take gonna it anymore. I'm going to call Warren Buffett on the break and I'll give him peace of our mind. Dairy Queen's crazy. closed a bunch of locations recently. Yep. That's too bad. That's such a great summer event yeah, to is. go and they, get a nice they closed lunch up. A junior blizzard. Yum, yum, mm-hmm. yum. Yeah, I remember going to Dairy Queen all the time when I was a kid, and I could eat infinite yeah. ice cream without gaining weight. Why? Why don't people like it? Is it environmentally unhealthy or no, something? No, or I don't think so. Just I don't know. Just one of those things. I, I think it's just yet another kids one of those don't things. Don't leave their house anymore. Well, there's that. <laughs> there is that. I, but I think it's just another one of those things that it's, it's old, old so and they don't like do old it. things. Yeah, we, yeah. they've been mean. arresting black people, have they? That's bad for business. Yeah, I used to walk to Dairy Queen every day when I was a little kid because there was a Dairy Queen like like a couple blocks from oh, my parents' lucky. house. Lucky. Lucky. Yeah. I love yeah. it. They just closed 29 stores in Texas, Oklahoma. God. Here's a close one on Snelling too. Avenue that had been in business for like 60 some years. Yeah, that's yeah. close. I, was, I lived right oh, next to that Snelling, one. Yeah, that was, that was one of their first ones. Yep. That was only, wasn't that only a walk up? They didn't have any parking yeah, spaces. Yeah, yeah. They they parking. It was only in the summer, right? They had parking, but it was only in the summer and it was small. Yeah. yeah it was walk up only. Yeah. But it, it couldn't go inside. But that was one of their first places. You know, Rudy Luther used to own that. Really? Yeah. Is he? Was he? He's the he's the guy that started Luther Automotive. Yeah. There's some David runs it now. He was owned there Dairy Queen. Did they have something to do with horses ever? Yeah. Because there was. They've got their fingers in a lot. There of was things. somebody that had horses out in like Orono or something, and I know that he bought a that couple was of those. Danny. One was in Mexico. They were making yeah. a ton of money off of these Dairy Queens. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you have an anniversary, Nick? I do. It's my this week's my one year anniversary on the show, I believe. It's this week. What is that? Static. <laughs> and and uh, today's my ten year oh, this week is my ten year anniversary of being drug free. Yay! And, 
And I want to tell anybody that if you are a drug user and you're doing drugs and you're abusing drugs or alcohol, find help. Get out of it. Because I'm so mad at myself that I wasted 10 years of my life sitting in a house doing drugs. So you. So oh, that will okay. be heroin then? No, I was just do, I was doing cocaine. You just sat in the house and got yeah, it's free basic cocaine. How would you stay in the house? How do you not Don't you like? Get all wound up? Yeah, no, not freebasing. Freebasing turns you into something different. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. I didn't and, know uh, that. Yeah, and uh, you know, right. I started. I started with. Do you remember the comic Amazing Jonathan, Jonathan mm-hmm. Zells? Yes. I started with him. Uh, Can you name names? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's, yeah, they're all dead. Okay. Oh, well, <laughs> no. is Richard Pryor? No, no, yeah, but well, and then what happened is I, you know, I, Bruce? I lived above the comedy store. Oh, Mason and, Jonathan is still around. Yeah, he's still around. He almost died. He has some serious health problems, but Jonathan's a good friend, and, and we went through it together, and mm. we're both clean. So, yeah, I can mention names. Um, okay. I just don't want, I don't want us to get sued on your yeah. behalf. No, you can't get sued on my behalf. He, you know, he introduced me to freebasing, and... Oh. And... Now, you know, freebasing is when you inject here. Uh, no, no, it's no. when you smoke it. When you, you, smoke you cook it, it down to where it's 100% pure cocaine. That's when you put it in a spoon. Yeah. Well, if you know, yeah. if you well, don't we have doing, anything else. We were but, doing it in big. Yeah. We were cooking ounces at a time. Um, mm, it's a lot of cocaine. But, and, and what 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 Jeez. made me go down the road harder than anybody else is I got all the cocaine I wanted for free. So it was a bad thing. Your drug cartel yeah. people. Your uh, just family members. Hollywood friends that just. Would Here come I by have some say, extra coke. Here, yeah. Yeah. you know, oh. that's just the way it was in Hollywood at the time. I don't need the rest of this cocaine. I'm sick of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you better smoke it before it goes bad. You know, even <laughs> each, each, it's starting is... to ripen. I can. And th- those, this guy, I'm still friends. I still talk to him on LinkedIn. Actually, his name's Adam Styles, and he was the big drug dealer of Hollywood at the time. Like he sold Britney Spears and Terry Sheen. Also, he sold them all their coke. So he came to my. I was buying coke from him, and he came one day, and I was just getting eight ball for the for the week. You know, it's just a small amount, just a week, like a eight weekend ball. weekend worth. <laughs> It's eight an eighth of an ounce. Yeah. Ah. So he, he would, uh, one day he said, he said to me, he goes, hey, so is there I any way I could use your pool house tonight? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. And he goes, can I go take a look at it? I'm like, yeah. So he goes out there and he looked at the pool house. He goes, oh, that's awesome, man. You don't mind me using it? So I'm like, no, you can use it. So he started using the pool house to for dates, you know, oh. bring girls, because so, I guess he couldn't bring girls where he lived or something. So after his that, wife, his he, wife frowned upon. After, no, he wasn't married. He wasn't okay. married. I think he had a girlfriend. Oh. So, but after that, he never charged me again, ever. Oh. Ever. Okay. I had a friend. I met pay him in the car play. business. After. Yeah. <laughs> it was pay for play. <laughs> he wound up going to prison. He was a coke dealer, but he also used a lot of his own product, which well, is not a great strategy. That's not a good goes, idea. Yeah, man. At the end, it was terrible. I was so paranoid. I thought they were after me, and you know, I lived near flying clouds, so every time airplanes went over, I thought they were coming to get me. And one day, they were. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. Helicopter that's, landed in the front yard, and the I'll DEA tell you what. busted up, threw him in Stillwater for You're years. You're kidding. I tell you what, I was, at the time, I was, I had lived in multiple houses in Hollywood, and I had a house on Wilcox in Santa Monica, and it was late one night, and I hear this noise like, like a horse running down the street. It sounded like a horse. Yeah. And look out the window, there's a girl running down the street in clogs, topless. Clogs and, and topless. Yeah, and she's like very Amsterdam. well endowed. They're bouncing. They're bouncing a lot. And I was just like, 
watching out the window like what the hell's going on and there was two guys chasing her shooting at her oh my god and she runs in my front door like i see her make the turn up my driveway and and i and next thing i know she's in my house i did the door wasn't locked and and i'm totally high on like blasted high on coke so and you I'm, get ounces of coke all over your house <laughs> and you're in hollywood and it's a good idea to leave the front door open i just why are you still alive i don't know <laughs> And then and then she ran in my house and I'm like you gotta get out of my house. <laughs> so and I had a gun, so I had a had gun on my hand. I'm like you gotta get out of my house now. And she went out the oh back door and I had locked the front door and, and the guys shooting her didn't come up to my door. But now there's 20 million cops at my house. And your and your place is filled with coke. Oh yeah, it was it was a bad scene. I went through so many bad scenes that I can only thank God that that. I'd never been arrested in my life, and I never OD'd, and I'm still here. But I'm telling anybody that can't find help. I did it without anybody's help. I didn't go to rehab. Didn't I did it on my own. I just yeah. woke up one day. I said, I just wasted 10 years of my friggin' life. It's 10 years. funny you mention that because a couple of days ago, I just started watching old Mitch Hedberg's stand-up routines, and he was just phenomenal. And he, you know, he, and he was high as a kite. Yeah, yeah high as a kite, <laughs> and, it, and it took him under. But I had forgotten how funny he was. And he did a one-liner well, about drug use. He goes, I used to take drugs. I still do, but I used to also. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because most of the comics that – and. and that's a big part of, of my that how I got into drugs because I lived near the comedy store. And most comics do drugs. Yeah. Most comics do any kind of drugs. I just, Jonathan, amazing Jonathan, introduced me to freebasing and I just took to that. I didn't want any other drugs. But it kind of saved me because that was the heroin days of, yeah. of Hollywood. And I didn't want anything to do with heroin because I love smoking coke. So I was like, I'm good. And I got my own drug. But to be 10 years clean now. That's amazing. And and I did it by myself, nobody. And I have to say this, though. A big part of me not crashing and burning is I never let anybody know. Nobody knew that I was a drug addict. So once people know that you're a drug addict, yeah. you lose trust and faith in people. They sure. lose trust and faith in you. Sure. So you never regain that. But I never had to borrow money or steal or anything because I got drugs for free. And I had money. So I didn't have to really worry about it, and I hid it from everyone. So that's the moral of the story. If you're going to be a drug addict, hide get it. them for free and don't and tell it. anybody. Yeah, <laughs> and, don't, and don't get arrested. Welcome to your show, Tom Bernard. <laughs> hey, you know I had to take care of other business that would ensure that this show would stay on the air. So this show? Yeah. You were trying to save this this show? This? <laughs> I think somebody this was under mess? the impression that we didn't own the show that they did. <laughs> oh, I thought maybe we'd. Stiffed you on the checks again. <laughs> no, again. No, no, that was only for like four uh, months. Again. <laughs> what, uh, what time are we at, Andy? 11.20. We started five start? minutes late. You can't just... start late. You're, what? You're 20 minutes late. I know, but you can't start <laughs> Lecturing late. Lecturing us about being late. I was here a half hour early. Were you? Yeah. Nick and I were the first ones here. Yeah, mm. I got here 20 minutes early. I don't know. We just started yakking. We started improv in the uh, in You the can't lobby. blame me or Doug. I can't. Nope. Okay, so well, you could, I guess but we don't it, care. the responsibility is, so, is mine. Oh, by the way, Andy, I am, I'm assuming we're on YouTube on camera again. Yep. yep. Uh, the reason I know that is because I got several people saying, could your wife sit any further from you at the table? You were sitting down there at the other end. Yeah. Well, they don't want to see me. They want to see the guests, I figured. No, they just thought you were stiffing me. Hmm. 
Okay. okay. Well, they know my my Somebody crazy secret. Somebody crabbing about something on YouTube. That's a yeah. Person. Yeah. That's yeah the, okay. How'd that ever happen? I did get a lot of emails. People wanted it back on YouTube, though. Yeah, that's what I, that's yeah. what I understand. I mean, People I got at least a dozen saying, hey, yeah. what happened to the YouTube feed? I can't yeah. listen to it anymore at work. I that's was why getting we did messages, it. too, and I'm like, just be patient. We needed a 15-foot HDMI, HDMI right? Yep. cable, and I, I, I got one. The only so, messages I ever get are stop picking your nose. <laughs> mm. Hey, we were talking about drugs because today it's my 10-year drug-free anniversary this week. So, And he's been on so this show for a year. A You've been on this show for a year? Yep. You lasted a year? Yeah. Amazing, isn't this? How did that happen? How did that ever happen? No, he hasn't will, demanded uh, money yet. <laughs> well, the kids get all that, so good luck to all of us. Good luck to all of us on that one. But in any case, um, yeah, I had, uh, I, I had a meeting. Mary Berner, who's the chairwoman of Cumulus, was in town, and I had a long meeting with her, and then I had a series of meetings. But she was extremely pleasant. That's good. I thought you might be getting canned. I wasn't sure what was happening. <laughs> Back to DGY. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. No, actually, it was the opposite. It was like, how about 10 more years? I'm like... Oh, no. 10? <laughs> Not unless no one can ever call you from the station again. <laughs> well, that would be the... You, you have to write that, that, that into that. the contract yeah. that they may not ever call you again. I could do that. Okay. No, but uh, It's the only way you're doing 10 more years, because I can't take it. <laughs> Why do they call it? Friday, oh, God, yes. Friday at oh, like six thirty. Yeah, the world is falling apart, and you must fix it all by Monday. It's just unbelievable. Well, we did talk about that. That did come up. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, she was great. Nonstop phone calls. It is. Yeah, when he says he works twelve hours a day, he means he talks on the phone for six of them. Um, yeah. So <laughs> at least the no. problem du jour. I'm on yeah. the air for nine hours, so it's kind of hard to. You're the main, the you're the main fireman putting out all the fires. Yep. Yeah, and fires that didn't need to be started in the first place. Right. Of course. Oh, oh, yeah, there's fires plenty don't. of that, yeah. Look, Doug will tell you this, and L.A. Nick will tell you this. The passive aggressiveness of Minnesotans is so disgusting. Oh. And it's not all Minnesotans. It's just some of them. Yeah, Cassie. Well, yeah, that's right. Just because I, I have the accent, it doesn't mean I'm passive aggressive. Oh yeah, sure, sure. It is very. It's mind-boggling. It's most of my life, but I am from New England and the East Coast originally. And there are times that I, I, I love New York City. Oh, I do too. And for a lot of reasons, but one is it's the opposite of here. People will tell you what they think. Yeah, they're Which really are, upfront about it. If you don't I like, like that. it, well. Which Do is it. why some people in the state of Minnesota can't stand me, because yeah. I'll tell you flat out, you're a pain in the ass. You know, it's funny. I, I've, I had my first person say that to me this week, that they can't stand you. Oh, is that right? Yes. And only they go, was one it year? Yes. Since, since I've ever known Tom, I've only had one person say Next door neighbor and out you of know, the farm. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, and, and he never lived next to us. So. And, uh, yeah, thanks, and I'll tell you what, and everything he said was true. No, everything he said <laughs> was actually himself. So he's like, oh, he's he's just arrogant and opinionated. And after I talked to the guy for an hour, he was the most arrogant, opinionated person I've ever met in my life. Projection is a you big Pee Wee Herman him. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> he was he he was the most. He, I I could, I was just like dumbfounded because the guy was so opinionated and so arrogant. And, yeah, those guys don't. Like and he's me. talking about saying that you are. I'm like, yeah. And I felt like yeah. saying to the guy, I said, dude, you're the most arrogant, opinionated person I've ever talked to in my entire life. I think Minnesotans, they misplace the, the definition of arrogance with 
confidence. Yeah. Because I am very, very no, confident. No, I agree. But I'm not arrogant I in agree. any way, shape, or form. No, Telling someone to I, shut the hell and up. And I talk about there's a big difference arrogant. between confidence and cockiness. Right, right. You know, confidence is the main platform of your life. You have to be confident. Yeah, absolutely. As Tiger Woods says, confidence is a beautiful thing. I mean, that's See? the first, first chapter of my book is the power of confidence. Like, you have to have that confidence or you're not going to make this it in anything. 100% correct. Is this an infomercial for you? <laughs> An infomercial for L.A. Nick. Well, we let gentlemen. him have a segment. We've learned so. how to get free drugs. Now, I can now treat him like crap the book. <laughs> All right, we, we must have to go now. Yes. All right, we'll be right back and we'll talk more right after this Tom Bernard show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020. To RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. Do, 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 do. Love this song. Yeah, good song. I was pouring this morning when I got up. I'll oh, tell did you, that. you hear that thunder last night? Man. We didn't have any. Oh, my God. It sounded like the Out at, end uh, of a fireworks. Mendeley? Yeah, didn't have any. Did you name the, the farm Mendeley yet? <laughs> Do you have a name for the farm yet? I have not named it yet. We're Mendeley. thinking of that, though. Come to Mendeley. <laughs> well, what's his name? The guy that used to run WCCO radio and television, arrogant. You talk about arrogance. Oh, God. Talking about? He, I can't remember. Rupp. Oh, yeah, yeah. His I thought was, you were talking you, about Nick. And I think his name was Rupp. Uh, no, Nick had had his own days. But uh, I think he named his house. I think that, that guy, that gen, whatever his name was, the general manager or president or whatever, he, he named his house. We named our house, too. Did we, you really? We, we live in, in, well, actually, Cassie knows where we live. It's a place mm-hmm. called Evermore. It's like they have all these fakey, like, U.K. names. Evermore. Yeah, so Sarah one, one day was bitching about how big her butt is. You know, Miss 190 Yeah, pounds. weighs about 100. Does she weigh it. 100 pounds? Well, maybe. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not in sure win- she weighs winter So I said, hon, that's the name for our house. We're going to call it Bottomshire. <laughs> <laughs> we still call them that. Bottom, Evermore and Bottomshire. That's right. I like Come that. to Bottomshire and Evermore. <laughs> I like it. No, I've gotten a couple a couple notes in the mailbox from neighbors, though, saying how, how nice Thank the God. house looks. <laughs> Thank oh, God yeah. somebody oh, yeah. is yeah. finally yeah. mowing and taking care of this place. I took all the vines off the fence. 
That was then some of those vines. I'm not kidding you. Were ten feet thick. Ten feet thick. Jesus. This, I mean, they were thick, almost as thick as half this room. You could have made wine. wine. You could have had Massive. Minnesota wine. It, and, and they were this yeah, fat. The vines. Mm. As big as my wrist. Some of them. It took it took a, those guys a long time to take yeah, all those we vines got, off. We've got the same issue. I had I had to have a crew come in and cut down. I mean, some of these vines were just. Oh, they looked like something out of Italy. It was crazy. And they cut all into the ground. The and they cut all the in the ground. They went in the ground and cut all the the roots of them off, so they can't keep coming back. They won't keep coming. I thought you couldn't keep those things from coming back. Oh no, they did everything. Them. They cut all the roots and then they poisoned. They did everything you could do. No baby yet. Why didn't you have God. a baby yet? Hurry up! Baby? We want the baby. Get it out. <laughs> Alex Everybody was there. asking. I'm so glad that you're being impatient. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't think you, you were coming. You tell me how you want the baby. Do you want to borrow our trampoline? Our kids don't use it anymore. <laughs> Jump the baby out. That's right. Oh, did you ever hear the trampoline story out at the farm? Uh-uh. No. Uh, I don't know if the pit which, is still there. Which one? It, you want the front door? <laughs> yeah, it was still the, there. The, the one on the left, the three-car garage on the left? Yeah. Just past it, there's a there's a pit. With yes. The, well, that was a pit for... Somebody filled it full of trash. <laughs> of course they did. Trash. Of course they did. Those people were yeah. really yeah. something were special. And a bunch of pallets. I had all really? that. Really? No, you just want to piss them off? You're going to piss off everybody. <laughs> oh, it's all cleaned up now. Seven it's people all cleaned up now. So that was dug. So we bought a trampoline. So if the kids jumped on the trampoline and fell off, they would land on the ground rather than you sure. know land falling four feet mm-hmm. to the ground. But I didn't uh, fit, factor in one uh, thing. It turned into a snake den. Yep. Oh, really? Oh, really? Snakes lived so under the trampoline. I mean, hundreds oh, of them. Wow. Yeah. So many Because it was nice and warm <laughs> like, under there. Because it was a black yeah, tarp, right? Yeah, the sun was black, on that black, black tarp with the trampoline. rocks underneath for and drainage. It was really hot under there, so the snakes <laughs> just loved it. Well, it was all garter snakes. <laughs> Yesterday, so. I discovered a, the pile of old fencing that's hidden behind. I saw a, a hawk get attacked. Ooh. And killed by a fence? No, by coyote. And so I took oh. the four wheeler down to the lower pasture, and right at the corner of the lower pasture is a bunch of trees. Behind that is a massive pile of all the old wooden fence. Oh, I did not know that we did that. Bonfire. <laughs> Bonfire. We didn't do Next. that. Well, we put in the new fence. So. We didn't put in any fence. We had it put in. Yeah. So they did it. We didn't. They didn't haul it away. It's hidden real well. It's, well, it's really wood. nice. So instead of hauling it away, they just hit it. Yeah, they hit it. it Does anybody wrong. do what they say they're going to do ever? You know what? Unless ever? you stand right Nick there. And I were on yeah, time you today. Unless you stand. <laughs> unless you stand with them all day. Yeah, no, not going to happen. It's is true. It? You and, it's and, and you know what? We were talking about it earlier. It's hard to even find anybody to do any work. Oh yeah, <laughs> it yeah, is. You got that right. Yeah, I'll give a shout out to a guy that I think he still works for you, Huseman. Yeah, he's Usman does what he says. He's gonna yeah, do. exactly. Even he over uh, delivered. Actually, he built a uh, third stall in our garage oh, a yeah, couple summers that. ago, and he's yeah. like, "Dude, you're done two weeks early." I, was, I know. I just thought you'd like that. Well, the guy. <laughs> there you go. Whoever built Alex's playhouse, that's a really well built. I bought that. Oh, you did? No, you didn't. Those the builder that built the house built that. It's really, really? well I thought built. They tore that one down. No, it's really they well moved built. It. They moved it. Andy actually stuff. fell off backwards. You know when you get on and look in the in the window, there's a little platform there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Andy was on the platform, and I went to, I, I don't know how he got up there, but he was a real little kid, and I went to grab him, and he backed up and fell right off the ledge. <laughs> Andy was always falling over. That playhouse is where I had my first and only ghost experience. Ghost. With Andy. Ghost. A ghost? Yeah. I, we were what? playing cards. Where it's at right now? No. No, it was one that was in the backyard. We were playing cards, and we pretended that Grandpa was playing with us. And My dad? Yep. And I don't know if he wanted that. <laughs> Didn't want to play cards with you idiots. Um, and I looked at like the place that we set for him, and I said, "Grandpa, your turn." And the cards started flipping over. Because of the wind? No, they like they were like organized flipping yeah, you over. You never know, man. All right, Andy time, doesn't remember it. It's but. time for mom to rat both of you out. Well, one no. of the greatest stories. It's ever. It's time for our guest. Well, I got to tell the story first. Okay. <laughs> so, All Catherine, right, then. you know the the big deck on the back of the house. Yeah, I'm redoing it right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, Catherine walked well. out there, and the kids apparently had taken a bunch of cheese out of the refrigerator. <laughs> and did it, Andy say it or did Alex? Say Andy it? said. Andy it. said it. So they were eating this cheese, and Andy was peeling off slices. And Andy said, "We had to to have Alex, been like six and four. You were six yeah, and you were four. very little." And Andy said, to "Alex." Don't you just love Clobby Jack? <laughs> Clobby Jack. Clobby the, Jack. The most delicious cheese. <laughs> Clobby Jack is good stuff. Clobby. Violet, have you ever had Clobby Jack cheese? Violet. Hello. Yes, hi. There she is. How are you doing, Violet? I'm good. How are you? Marvelous. Thank you. <laughs> this is one of those days. Most of us know Harold Ramis as the writer, director, and actor who brought warmth and humor to the big screen in classics like Animal House, Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, National Lampoon's Vacation, and Groundhog Day to his daughter, Violet. He was best known as an amazing father, confident. Oh, he's a, he was a confidant? See, it's nice to have a father who's a confidant. That's a, that's a good thing. And a friend. I don't want to say any more. I just want to hear it from you, Violet. It, it's uh, the big Harold Ramis fan. I suppose everybody tells you that, though. Um, I mean, he was very loved. Um, that's, you know, one of the reasons that I decided to write this book, because after he passed away four years ago, um, there was just a huge outpouring of grief and love, and people felt this tremendous sense of loss. I mean, people who knew him and had worked with him, but also fans and total strangers. Um, so I just feel felt like, you know, I wanted to sort of give people... Um, a glimpse into all the wonderful things that I knew about him and all the great experiences that we shared. Your last name is pronounced Steele, is that correct? Yes. Violet Ramus Steele. <laughs> the book is called Ghostbusters Daughter, Life with My Dad, Harold Ramus. Was it a lot of times it had to, it just had to be a ball, didn't it? It had to be a lot of fun. We had so much fun. I mean, you know, luckily he, he really wasn't interested in playing by the rules. So um, he took me everywhere with him, and I just ate it up. I mean, it was like a kid's dream to be on set with your dad, and everyone was so nice and generous with me, and I got to meet a lot of really funny, interesting, and smart people. And so, yeah, I mean, it was very much like a sort of upside-down fairy tale for me as a kid. Did he ever tell you the story about how when when he was given Animal House, they just assumed it would be a disaster and just kind of pawned it off on him, and he turned it into this magnificent thing. Did, he, did, he, did you know that? Um, I mean, that? that's not the, the version of the story that I know, but, well, but sure, I'll take it. <laughs> no, I, I, apparently they thought this movie was going to be a disaster, nobody would like it, and blah, blah, blah. 
And well, the studios definitely had their doubts because yep. nothing like that had really ever been done before. No, and that's why we we all loved it so much because nobody had ever done something like that before. Uh, delivering the line, I, you know, which I can't say on the air, but delivering the line, <laughs> hey, look, you effed up, you trusted us. <laughs> was right. one of the greatest lines in the history of movies. Uh, all of the movies, Animal House, Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day, fantastically funny movies. As a matter of fact, we've been seeing a lot of things about Doug Kinney lately and mm-hmm. his unfortunate end and, and uh, all of the, all of these magnificent uh, documentaries and movies have come out now and National Lampoon, the, the documentary about that. And wh- Where did your father go to college? Um, he went to Washington University in St. Louis. Um, that's where he met my mom. She was from St. Louis. He had grown up in Chicago. Okay. Um, so he, you know, he really had these Midwestern roots, and, and I think that that helped sort of shape his perspective and, and really made all of his humor very universal. I think you're right about that. How did he end up meeting all these Hunyucks from Har- <laughs> all these Harvard guys? Yeah, I mean, he was at Second City in Chicago, um, and, you know, that's where he met Bill Murray and, you know, through his brother, Brian Murray, Um, and, you know, then he took a little break, he came back, John Belushi was there, um, and then that led to the National Lampoon Radio Hour. Um, You know, the National Lampoon was doing such, you know, new and sort of challenging humor, um, and he just fit in perfectly with them. Um, so it, it really was like a sort of amazing confluence of events that led to all these really brilliant comedians being in the same place at the same time. And then, of course, SCTV and Animal House and the rest is history. You know, Violet, I have to tell you, because of that show, I used to get yelled at all the time. I still work at the radio station, KQRS <laughs> in Minneapolis. And way, way back when the National Lampoon Radio Hour was on KQRS, people would yell at me going, why do you guys only play half the show? Well, it's because the, show, the <laughs> show's a half an hour. Somebody on the show, I don't, I don't remember who it was, because I listened to that yeah, as a kid. He'd yeah. say, we hear that some station owners are only playing half of the show, so call in and protest. <laughs> I, just, I think it might have been Doug Kenny. I don't remember. And, of course, great. they blamed. Well, it was Doug Kenny. Yeah, I think it was. And they ended up blaming me for it. It's like, why aren't you playing the full hour of National Lampoon? <laughs> yeah, you can't get enough of that stuff. It's really great. Oh, I tell you what, you go down the list of all of those things. And your father was involved with all of them. Um, do people do people put the pressure on you? Do they come and go, Violet, be funny? Do they do that? <laughs> um, no. Good. <laughs> Not so much. I yeah. assume you are I, mean, I, I didn't feel pressure to go into the family business, if that's what you're asking. No, I'm asking, do you, do you think that you're funny? I think I'm sort of naturally funny. See? I mean, I think like my dad, you just sort of have <laughs> to take an absurd view of the world and... Um, and when you embrace that, then it allows you to laugh at things that you would maybe otherwise cry about. <laughs> I think that's the exact key, by the way. You just have to you have to laugh at the really, really bad things. You just it, otherwise it's all misery, and who needs that? My ex-wife yeah. had become an e, had become an ESL teacher right when Stripes came out. Oh, we went yeah. and watched it in the <laughs> opening scene with your dad doing matter on money. My heart stood still, and the whole class going a do run run. And she, she 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 just died laughing. <laughs> It is That's great. A great scene. Finally, an ESL joke. <laughs> which one was the first one? How old were you, and which was the first movie that you saw that your father was involved in? 
Um, I saw them all. I mean, they really didn't censor anything for me when I was a kid. I mean, this was his work, and he was proud of it. You know, I think more mm-hmm. than half the jokes went over my head, but um, or maybe I fell asleep during Animal House. <laughs> but I was there for the filming of Caddyshack, and I was on oh, set were? for some of Stripes. And, yeah, I mean, I, I was exposed to a lot. <laughs> I love this line, and I don't know if you wrote this line, but about the author, Violet is now a full-time writer and disgruntled homemaker. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. So you're a disgruntled homemaker? Well, you know, I mean... There's some people probably do, you know, sort of take pride in in, in domestic bliss, but you know, it, it it's an uncomfortable fit for me. I I, I enjoy my kids, but um, you know, I mean, nobody likes sort of the invisible work of taking care of a home. Yeah, I suppose that is true. I, I, Catherine, what do you, you think? Put of that? that very well. <laughs> <laughs> There is a lot of an invisible work. Yes, it is. Yeah, I mean, you, you do it so nobody knows that you, you were there. And then they wreck it like five minutes later. They don't <laughs> do that. They don't do anything. They, Catherine. Kids. Husbands. Husbands? Dogs. Dads. Oh, to God. Uh, Violet, that, that's my wife talking there. And by the way, there was a story came out, Gretchen Carlson, uh, the Miss America pageant. She said it's no longer a pageant. It's a contest. And they will no longer judge someone just because they're beautiful. Uh-huh. And I lied on the air this morning in the morning show and said, Catherine has told me she will not judge me by my beauty from now on either. <laughs> and everybody just laughed like mad is what they did. Violet, I need to take a very quick break. Can you stay with a couple more minutes, I hope? Of course, yeah, okay. great. We'll be right back in two minutes more with Violet Ramos Steele, Calm Darad Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. My pillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium my pillows and two go anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first my pillow. If you already know how great the my pillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper, and neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. 
Oh, there you go. I knew Cassie couldn't <laughs> pass that up. I she couldn't. had to play it. You had to play it. I understand that completely. Violet Ramus Steele, our special guest today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the book is called Ghostbusters Daughter Life with My Dad, Harold Ramus. Violet told us in the uh, first segment she was with us that on many of the projects that he did, uh, Violet had to carry your dad, Harold, and tell him what to do. But... <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what you said? I think it's what you said. Vi. Yes, he was great at taking directions. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he wasn't great at taking directions. Um, I mean, he, he liked to be, you know, sort of the captain of the ship, but he was very collaborative in, in his work in writing yeah. and writing and directing. How old were you? Were you, I, I mean, sorry, what movie was he working on that you remember, like, when you were, like, 12, 13, when generally kids are the meanest to their parents? <laughs> um, <laughs> that was probably around Ghostbusters 2. Um, even Ghostbusters 1, I, I was in third grade, I think, when that came out. So, you know, at that point, it made me the most popular kid in school, for oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, I mean, everyone would crowd around him when he came to pick me up, and he was—he loved it. I mean, he was happy to talk to people for, you know, a long time about the special effects or about uh, Bill Murray. I mean, he just really loved what he did, so he was um, enjoyed sharing it. You know, Violet, I have to bring somebody up to you here because having six children in a blended family <laughs> must take a lot of work, but I want to introduce you to Cassie, because Cassie just got married, and she now has a blended family of how many children, uh, Cassie? Well, with my three, it's 11 total. 11? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Between the, ages of, between the ages of two and six. Two and yeah. six. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of juggling. It's what is the age gap? Um, well, um, the youngest is... Mine, and he's six, and then uh, Dave's oldest just turned 35. Okay. Oh, so, wow. yeah. It's... I thought Dave was 35. <laughs> <laughs> he acts like he's 35. He started young. He's a young soul. But, yeah, we have a huge, yeah. there's a huge gap. But So do you give advice to the 35-year-old? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Here's what I'm, you should do. As your I'm stepmother. Your elder, you must listen. <laughs> As your stepmother and, and an hour older than you. <laughs> Violet, how, how old are your children? Uh, my oldest is 15 and the youngest is 3. 15 to 3, and there's six children. How many boys, how many girls? Um, just so Two girls and four boys. Do you ever oh, have to put Lordy. the boys in a headlock? <laughs> <laughs> no, I let the girls do that. <laughs> Are the girls older than the boys, I'm assuming, then? No, they're not, but oh, they're, they're not. definitely uh, the bosses of the family. <laughs> Way to go. Is that because that's of you, Violet? Yeah, I, all I don't know. The I, I take no credit or responsibility. No responsibility, <laughs> no credit. No, I, I think it's wonderful. It's a good policy. We were just talking during the break about some... Uh, some amazing movies, uh, all of the all of this work combined. Uh, as I said, the Doug uh, Kinney movie just came out, and there was a mm -hmm. documentary about uh, so many different things. Um, I, I, one of my favorite stories to tell about Caddyshack. <laughs> what? Some of the rambling funnies. <laughs> well, no, I ramble when I. I look, you I don't wanted do, to. I don't do any show prep. Who needs he's show on, prep? He's completely off script, just so you know. <laughs> yes, I am. I don't know Violet. if you've heard of documentaries 
There's a lot of them, though. <laughs> no, I was thinking about. I was thinking about other things. You see, my life, Violet, uh, my life, life is a disaster. Netflix. Uh, That's what happens when you work with your family. You wanted to work with us. I know. It's a huge mistake. So many choices. Violet, if your children ever want to work with you, tell them absolutely not. One of my favorite wow. stories about Caddyshack is, uh, and I believe the first time I heard it was your father, that <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield had never done a movie before. It was his yeah. very first movie. And he pulled your father aside and said, I'm, I'm really upset. I don't know what to do. And he goes, well, what's the problem? He goes, well, nobody's laughing at my jokes. He said, well, Rodney, we're doing a movie. They can't laugh at your jokes. <laughs> he was really upset that nobody was yeah. laughing at his jokes. He didn't realize, yeah. no, he, it wouldn't be good for cameramen to laugh during the jokes. <laughs> so that was um, a great, great impression, by the way. No, I, I actually yes. I could do it a lot better. That was kind of a lame good. one. But yeah, I mean, I think most of the actors in Caddyshack had also come from an improv background like my dad. So right. they were sort of comfortable riffing off each other. But Rodney... You know, as a stand-up, was used to having everything very planned out, like from the inflection to you know each word, and he needed that. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. I, do you think you'll ever maybe talk to somebody about making a movie about your dad? Um, I don't know. Maybe I mean, based I on think, the book. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, clearly he had a very interesting, um, wonderful life, and. And I think there's a lot there. I think, you know, lucky for me, he left a lot of himself behind in his own work. So um, anytime you're wanting to see him or missing him, you know, you can pull up a video or watch yeah. his scene and Knocked Up and really, you know, get a great sense of, of who he was. I don't know what it was about your father, but he seemed, uh, I, I talked to your father a couple of times over the, the years, but I never met him in person. But I always got the impression of him on, on film that he was like the most accessible guy of all those people. I don't know why. Why do you think I got that impression that he was like, hey, he's kind of like the rest of us? He he was. I mean, he he always stayed, you know, very grounded and and humble. I mean, certainly he had his moments of you know grandiosity and and celebrity, but you know, at heart he was still, I think, that sort of nice Jewish boy from Chicago that he always was. Yeah, and I, and that really really came through the camera. I, I, it's just how I felt about it. I was like, oh, Harold Ramis, yeah, he's, he's just like one of us. You know, these yeah, other guys, yeah. Either were way over the top or they were, I don't know. Uh, look, I, I, I've sat and talked to Dan Aykroyd several times. He's a very nice guy. Also lovely, yeah, such a warm, great presence. Yeah, that whole thing. And I just, uh, I don't know why I've, I've been doing this lately, but I've been watching a lot of uh, documentaries about Comedians who who died young, and uh, you know Robin Williams. There were a couple on TV mm, yeah. this week, and and Robin Williams was one of the people that was in the room on the last day of John Belushi's life. Of course, right. Animal House would never have been Animal House without John Belushi. I'll That's tell you that sure. he was unbelievable. But it, but how sad that whole thing is. That was already many many years ago, and yeah, I, were you even born by the time John Belushi had passed uh. away? I was. I mean, I, I, I have, you know, sort of vague memories of him clowning around um, when I was small. You know, I think it's really hard to, to lose the people that, that make you laugh and bring you joy in your life. And unfortunately, a lot of these, um, you know, huge talents, you know, were gone too soon. 
Um, so I'm, I'm grateful for all the years that my dad was able to create and, mm-hmm. and give that to the world. And, you know, of course, I, I wish he'd had more time. Yeah, now nah, he was pretty pretty young when he died as well. Was how old was he? Sixty nine. Yeah, only sixty nine years old. That's awfully young these days. Back yeah. in, back in the day, I guess sixty nine was oh, we're you're, but I mean now <laughs> sixty nine is just kind of middle aged and yeah. to most people. Yeah, I just all the does it make you happy all the joy that that your family has brought uh, your father, of course, and uh, has brought to everybody because I don't know that I that I've ever met anybody that just doesn't like. They have to at least like one of those movies, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. No, it does make me happy. And, and certainly getting messages from around the world saying, you know, your dad got me, you know, his, his work got me through a really hard time. Or, mm-hmm. you know, watching Groundhog Day with my father was the only time we laughed together. I mean, those are real meaningful moments. And he had a big hand in that. So, you know, I think we all just want to celebrate him and all the wonderful things he gave to us. I think it is a wonderful thing. Did you? How long did it take you to write the book? It took about a year um, of sort of hardcore writing, yeah. um, but you know, it took a life to to get to this point. Sure. Uh-huh. And was it hard for you to write that book? I would assume at certain parts it, was, it would. It was great, actually. I mean, we were so close. You know, we sort of dealt with everything in the moment that it was happening. So there was nothing really unresolved uh, that I needed to work through at that point. And it just was a way to think about him and immerse myself in him in a very positive and creative way. See, and the good news, he never punched you or anything like that. So that's good. (laughs) No, I just got punched once. How do you know? (laughs) Wait a minute. Violet, would you say that again? I said I, I, he only spanked me once, and, and it's in the book, oh, so I thought it, you, it made that much of an impact. See, other people were talking. I thought you said, well, he only punched me once. <laughs> Just the one time. Just that one time he socked That'll you. be the headline tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, think it's, I think it's magnificent. And thank you so much for your time today, Violet thank Ramis Thank you. This Steel. was a lot of fun. Oh, it was a ball talking to you. It's S-T-I-E-L is how Violet spells her last name. The book yeah. is Ghostbusters Daughter, Life with My Dad. Harold Ramis. Thank you, Violet. Thank you so much. Have a great day. It was a joy. What a nice person. Very nice person. But Harold Ramis, I guess, well, I I talked to him on the phone a couple times, but I never met him. But I heard he was a really, really great guy. Really great. But Dan Aykroyd, you sit down and talk to him. Uh, Nicest guy in the world. Just very, except for, man, you, you, you start talking to him about the paranormal. Whoa. Yeah, oh, really? he's very, yeah. Him Please. and his dad, yeah, oh, yeah, him and his dad wrote a book together about, um, yeah, he's Peter. more into like UFO stuff and mm-hmm. aliens. He's a ghost, too. Yeah, he is. Big time ghost. Yeah, Dave interviewed him, uh, oh gosh, it was a long time ago. But yeah, I mean, he's, he, and he's also been outspoken. He has Asperger's. Yeah. yeah. So he's just, well, does his, he really? yeah, know. his mind, it, the way his mind works, it's kind of fascinating. And he's, I've, Never heard anything bad about him. No, I haven't either. No, I haven't either. I so I was going to tell a Sally Kellerman story. I'll tell you guys. I'm doing a. Uh, you remember Jarl? Yes. I, I was doing a voiceover with him one time, and I was supposed to be working with Sally Kellerman, right? You guys know that Sally Kellerman is a woman that was in go in uh, Back to School. In the and original she, Mash, she was in. The and the original yeah, Mash. Yeah. That's exactly right. She was uh, Hot Lips. Yep. Hot Lips oh, Hot Lips so she's late, then she's getting later, and she's really late now. 
and she comes in and she's all flustered and she throws her purse down. I'm very, very sorry. It was not my fault that I'm this late. I do apologize, but I just, I'm so flustered. <laughs> I, uh, this person rear-ended my car on the way over, so we had to take care of that. And she's just going on and on and on and on, and she finally takes a breath and Charles says, well, uh, the guy who hit you, did he recognize you? And she goes, of course he did. <laughs> It wasn't like, yeah, yeah, he did. No, it, was like, it was like, of course he recognized me. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he recognize me? But I tell you, honestly, when I saw Animal House that first time, because that, again, was a movie that was released, and they, the, Hollywood did not think it was going to be a hit. They said, this thing is terrible. Nobody's going to get any of the jokes. You know, they're not going to understand. It's not exactly highbrow humor. I've never yeah. seen it. I know. <laughs> I mean, John Belushi puts a donut in his mouth and goes, what Boom. am I? Whack. And he goes, is it? I, mean, <laughs> I think it was the first movie made for the younger the younger crowd. College, oh, yeah. high school. Yeah, it was the first one. It was targeted for that crowd. I, Definitely crowd. young males. For the party crowd. Yeah, yeah. I cannot hear the words Animal House without thinking of Homer Simpson. Mm-hmm. Animal House. 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 Every single time <laughs> someone mentions Animal House. No, it, it was unbelievable. You know, I to tell you the truth, I was not a fan of the uh, the Belushi and Aykroyd, uh, the Blues Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't either. I, I did really? not care for that it. movie. We're on a mission from God. We're on a mission from God. <laughs> Never saw it. Yeah. Hilarious. I didn't get it. I liked it. I didn't either. I thought it was okay. I, just, I liked the band. <clears throat> Ray Charles. Well, the band was, yeah. Yeah, the band was phenomenal. just didn't have that much humor as, as the other movies had. Yeah, I agree with no that. No comedy. It was a lot drier. Yeah. It was indeed, and I don't know. But they had uh, uh, Duck Dunn. Yep. They had Steve Cropper. Steve Cropper, Duck Dunn, Cab Calloway. Cab yeah. Calloway. Yeah. Not a movie that's got Cab Calloway in it. Now you're reminding me of another story. Buddy Rich, one of the greatest drummers of all time, was on The Tonight Show. I think I, he probably is the greatest drummer of all time. Probably. I don't know yeah. if anybody would... Any Gene drummers Krupa. that I know wouldn't name him. Gene but anyway. Krupa was awfully good. Yep. But anyway, so Buddy Rich, he was a great drummer. Great drummer. He's on The Tonight Show, and Johnny Carson says to him, so I understand you're, uh, you've been dating Dusty Springfield. He goes, oh. Like that. He goes, oh. And Johnny goes, what, what, what's the problem? He goes, well, I, I was dating her. I, I, we're not dating anymore. And Johnny goes, well, what happened? He goes, I don't know if. Yeah, I should say this or not, but, uh, you know, she was a very attractive woman up on stage, beautiful woman, singing a song up there, and and the first time we spent the night together, I rolled over and thought I was sleeping with Duke Ellington. (laughs) Oh, no! And he said that on the Tonight Show? He said it on the Tonight Show! Like, oh, my God! You know, Buddy is kind of, was kind of an a-hole. Oh, yeah! yeah. That's not very nice. Buddy didn't have any problems. We talked to his daughter on the show before. Yeah, yeah. she's been yeah. on a couple yeah. of times. So oh, just don't tell fantastic. her that story. Oh, sure, she does it. We <laughs> yeah. will be back for hour two in just a couple of minutes. Tom Bernard Show.